Has everyone pulled themselves together? Good. Well done. So, welcome back to this series of podcasts where we talk about some of the processes involved in answering questions. So this time we're going to talk about how you might go about planning a search strategy. You've got what you think is the question you need to answer, so how do you start out towards the answer? Today we've got Charlie, Emma and me, Dave, to talk about how we approach this bit of the work. Again, different people might do things differently, but hopefully it might give you some ideas of how you might approach these things. So the first question is, how do you plan a good search strategy? Um, so I guess first off, we need to think about what um, what the question is. Yeah, often it's quite hard to answer the final question, just as like one big chunk. Mm. I need to answer those like little questions first as like stepping stones. Yeah, because sometimes actually when you're given a, a question, it can seem a bit overwhelming because it's so big. Where do you yeah. start? How... Which section do you go into first? So it's 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 nice to kind of break it down into little segments that you can build up to get towards the answer. Especially if it's to do with like a condition or a drug that you've never heard of before, mm. or it's something really specialist, and you think, oh, this is a bit out of my depth almost. Yeah. Having those steps allows you that time to go and do, you know, the bits of research that you need to to make sure that you understand every step of the way. Yeah, so I think that's a good point, is that actually you, you, to plan a good search strategy, you need to be confident in the question that you're answering in the first place. So if we took an example, so for example, uh, should my patient take garlic capsules for high blood pressure? That's not really researchable or answerable in one go, there's too much in it. So breaking it down into stepping stone questions like, does garlic work for high blood pressure? That's more answerable. And is garlic safe for my patient? Again, it's more answerable answerable it's more answerable it's like with prose i can't remember where i was there it was more answerable more answerable yeah um so this last one needs more stepping stone questions like does garlic interact with my patient's medicines or does garlic do anything weird to my patient's conditions but what you can do is from the original question that you've got you can work back to questions that are actually researchable and it's quite tightly formed researchable question and I think that's probably the most important starting point. If you start off right you've got a better chance of ending right. If you don't start right you're in trouble from the start. Definitely. And then I think after that it's important then to think about the types of questions because once you've kind of got your search strategy for a type of a question it doesn't actually matter what the details of it are whether it's a drug you've never heard of before or a condition that you're not overly familiar with because once you've got that search strategy you'll find that you'll just repeat that process mm -hmm. all the time and it's a lot more manageable and it also makes sure that what the answers that you're giving are consistent as well which is important in their mind yeah if you can make it into a, something that's more familiar so rather than go oh god this is a brand new question that's really complicated you go well this is an interactions question or this is a herbal medicines question already you're making it feel a bit more familiar to yourself so you can be a bit more confident that you know what you're doing. It's not a brand new question, well it is, but it's not a new, a brand new type of question. You've, you've done these things before. And then once you think, oh, this is an interactions question, you automatically will start to know, right, well, I'll look in that resource for that, I'll look in that resource for that, because you just get into the habit of doing them time and time again for that type of question. Yeah, you fall back on your structures and your systems and then you can feel a bit more confident with them which is which is a good thing yeah um, 
quite a lot of this the stuff that we're talking about is about building your confidence you know the stuff you just need confidence that you can do it um, so once you've got these questions so the researchable stepping stone questions to get to your final answer um, how do you know which resources to look at well there's a list on the SPS website that you could go and have a look at um, but you won't necessarily have all those where you work so it's probably a good idea to check out what's available to you yeah which ones you can access yeah. at work mm-hmm. yeah so if you go to the SPS website so sps.nhs.uk uh, we'll get our plug in now um, there's information from UKMI UK Medicines Information and they've got some guides on resources that they've assessed themselves um, for quality and that you can use confidently because you know that they're good resources. As Emma said, um, you may not have access to all of them in your centre, uh, but you should have some at least. And if you look in advance of getting the question, then you're a bit more confident about where you'll go next. And the reassuring thing is about those on the SPS website is you know they're reliable. Yeah, because they've already been reviewed by super nerds. <laughs> Peer review. Yeah, so they've already, <laughs> already been reviewed by people who are experts in the area. Um, so what do you do if it's not on that on that list? Can you just use anything? So the, the thing that we get asked is, well, I'll just Google it. So Google is a great search engine. Dr. But it, Google. Yeah, but it, it doesn't actually assess the quality of the information you found. The information you find through Google may be fantastic, or it might be utter dross, and it's sometimes difficult to tell. So how could you go about assessing a quality of a resource that you've found yourself? You could use a tool. Mm-hmm. There are loads out there. You might use Google to find a tool. Um, <laughs> oh, the irony. <laughs> um, but again, UKMI um, have some tools that are on the SPS website that you could have a look at. This is just a promotional podcast for the UKMI resources, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but they are very good. Yeah. And yeah, as I say, if you go to sps.nhs.uk, uh, then there are there's a very useful tool there that you can look at. But as as Emma says, if you look online, if you go on YouTube and just assessing quality of resources, you'll find lots of things out there. You've also got the crap acronym. Oh, excellent, well done. Would you like to explain that, Dave? Uh, not really, because it was new to me until I read it in Emma's. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the crap acronym. So um, so if we start with C, it's about how current is the piece of work or the information that you found um you know has it been been published 10 years ago and there's been loads of research in that field of medicine since so thinking about is it current is it a piece of information that we could use which nicely leads into the relevance so is it relevant to the question that you've been asked are the medicines that are being used or particular disease state that you're looking at is it relevant to what you've been asked or is it completely off the wall that there's just one little thing there that's maybe a tenuous link to what you're looking at so a is for authority so who produced this piece of information who put that out there like we said before you know the internet's an amazing place but any old 13 year old can make a website and put stuff out there so who who put it out there which was it some professor somewhere or was it a governing body? Who was it that put that information out there? Um, another A for accuracy. So they've published some data, but is the data based on anything reasonable? Have they got 
some evidence behind that have they used trial data have they just used, what kind of trial data have they used you know how how accurate is the information that they're they're putting out there and they're publishing and then p is for purpose so why was that piece of information produced was it for educational reasons was it for um was it for sales? Was it a company that were trying to market a product? So obviously they're going to be slightly biased. So it's a you can find um, a deeper explanation about how to use the CRAP acronym online. Um, but it's actually a really nice tool to help you on first glance have a look to see if the piece of information you found could be used and could be assessed further. It's a very good summary. It's better than what I could have done. <laughs> All good. Um, so once you've worked out which resources you could look at, one of the next questions is actually how many resources should you look at? So one of the statements that we get a lot in medicines information is looking at least two resources. But if you're looking at at least two resources for what's the dose of paracetamol, you're probably still wasting your time. Mm. So how do you work out how many places you should look? And some people have this anxiety of, I don't know when to stop. I'll look in all of the resources, which is, yeah, a big waste of time and can be very overwhelming to do that. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like a lot of people when they first start in MI is, I want to look at everything on this list, which isn't feasible. Yeah, it's a balance, isn't it? Because if you're looking too few and you look in the BNF and go, oh, well, it doesn't say, sorry, there's no answer, you're not doing your job. But equally, if you do a literature search for absolutely everything, you're not doing other jobs either, you're wasting your time and not not being as effective as you can be. So mm -hmm. it's a balance and I think it's different for each type of question. And it's probably different for each type of person who gets asked the question as well. Yeah, definitely. I think your experience um, in looking at, you know, resources and questions, you kind of you get to know which resources are potentially more reliable than others or give you more detail than others and you just learn to balance the information you get from each and take take that away yeah it, it it is a bit of a skill and it comes with practice and the thing is is i think that the level will change as you go through your career mm. um but what i'd suggest is that as an exercise before you even start doing your research just list out all the resources that you could possibly look in and then put them in order so what order would you look in them and then also as an advanced fun thing to do is kind of put a line as to what are the minimum number of resources that you're definitely going to look in before you start thinking about whether you've got enough information. So then you've got your minimum set of, I will definitely look in these no matter what, even if my first resource tells me what I think might be the answer, I'll still look in these. And then only after you've looked at those do you stop. Try to pull together an answer or pull together your research. Have you got enough? And then if you haven't, then go on to the next set of resources and keep doing that until you've got through your list. And then hopefully, because you've got these checkpoints through your search process, you don't overwork it. But equally, because you've got these minimum levels that you're definitely going to work to, you don't underwork it either. And as I say, just go to the BNF and go, sorry, I don't know the answer and pass on it. Very good. So I think that's probably covered most about how you plan a search strategy. Um, so next time we'll probably come on to how you actually do the search strategy. How do you pull all your information together? But from this one, for like, how do you make sure you're doing a good search strategy? What do you think the key points to take away are? Clarify your question. Because you can't build a search strategy without knowing the question. 
or the type of question that it is. Yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, and um, I think I'd touch on the points that we just talked about, about having a look to see what resources you've got and list them in the order that you're going to look at them so you can try and be as productive as you can be and, you know, figuring out which resources are really not going to help you with that question you've just figured out that you're trying to answer. Yeah, um, and I think for me... It, it's to have a go ahead of time so you might not have a real question but just have a think about the types of questions if I was looking at an interactions question where would I look have a look through them see how they work see what you think of them because then you're a bit more familiar with them and when the real question comes in you're just a bit more confident on how to use things and where to look so have a practice excellent <laughs> If you want to have a practice question. Yeah, so if you want to have a practice question, uh, there's some in the workbooklet that accompanies this series of podcasts um, that you can find through the HE website. Thank you very much and see you next time. <laughs>